Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Happy Friday, Edwin. Happy Friday, Andrew. This week's been clipping along, hasn't it? It has been. They all do, but here we are, Friday, July 22. That's what I have. For the people listening to the first day it drops. Yes, July 22nd. We are continuing, we're finishing Hebrews chapter 12. Conclude Hebrews 12. Uh, Probably not at remotely having talked about everything that could be or maybe even should be talked about from Hebrews 12. It's just been. Probably Deep. not, but that's why we have discussion over on Facebook. That's why yeah. people send us emails, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. There's other ways to keep the conversation going. Absolutely. I want to, It's a lengthy reading today. I want to go ahead and jump into it. We're going to read the same thing we did yesterday, but I'm going to read it from the English Standard Version. Hebrews 12, beginning at verse 18. I'm going to read through the end of the chapter. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them, for they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. I can't remember which episode it was, but it was a recent one here where we were talking about um, Esau. I know it was this week, and uh, the the point was made, I think you said something about we don't necessarily want to think eschatologically, but at the same time, it, it does seem to be talking about the end or maybe well, yeah, your yes, end. It does, yeah, it absolutely gets there, doesn't but it? this gets to have an eschatological flavor when yes. we think about shaking what can be shaken, and then what remains, of course, is the spiritual, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that is something that we are looking forward to God doing yes completing a promise yes absolutely I let me let me ask you this here real quick I I do think that there is discussion of the end here sure but I also wonder if writing to the Hebrews writing to Jewish Christians prior to 70 AD mm-hmm. if there's not also some looking to that we're, we're talking about Jesus with the better temple with yeah. a better covenant with better sacrifice with better promises and what the Hebrews, who were going back to the law, needed to understand is that the bits and pieces of that that yes. could be shaken out were going to yes. be shaken out. Yeah. Like the temple. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an amazing thing to consider if you were a practicing Jew familiar with this movement of Christianity. Mm-hmm. 
and somehow you lived through the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. Uh, what do we do now? What do we do now? What do we do now? The priesthood is gone. The genealogies are gone. The altar's gone. The temple's gone. I mean, this thing is all burned to the ground. Yes. And yet what you have in this epistle, in this document to the Hebrews is, well, you can be a Christian because all of these things were types and shadows of spiritual realities that all came to pass and are consummated, I guess, in Christ. Yes. And so while the things that can be shaken are gone, what can never be shaken is what remains. What is true and spiritual and eternal, that remains. And so God has not lost. And we may feel, again, in that moment, in those times, that we are at a loss. But God's plan marches on triumphantly, and everything is in place in Christ for you to be the people of God, for you to be the assembly of God, for you to have the promises of God. But it's not going to look like it did in the earthly Jerusalem. Yesterday we talked about the contrast between tabernacle and temple. Mm. And yet even in that, we intimated that if you want to call the temple the permanent dwelling of God, there had even before this letter had been written an indication that, well, maybe that temple is not quite as permanent right. as we would like to think. It's already been destroyed once, and it was constantly falling into disrepair and having to be, be restored. Yeah, uh, Herod so was restoring and rebeautifying during the life of Jesus, and of course, ultimately in AD seventy, it was shaken out. Mm-hmm. This thing that could be shaken. Why? Because it was made with hands. It was made by men. Yeah. We know that God doesn't actually dwell in temples made by hands. We right. we understand that. Therefore, the temple, while it seemed to be more permanent than the tabernacle, ultimately ended up being just as impermanent, Mm -hmm. because that's not really the true dwelling of God. But there is the heavenly Jerusalem, the heavenly Mount Zion, the heavenly city. There is the true and the real. And when we come to Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. when we come to his covenant, when we come to his church, we have not we will come to it. Not way off in the future we'll get yeah. to be at it. We are in it right now. So let's think about that for just a moment. Um, I can't remember if it was yesterday's in one of those great blog posts you wrote, which, listen, text talkers, if you're not getting the blogs, you, you definitely want to read some of this. Uh, but you used the phrase, already but not yet. It's a, it's a great phrase. Great phrase. It's a, it's a great, great phrase. phrase. Yeah, we, but, but one of those, I think certainly, uh, you know, it's 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 thought-provoking, yeah. right? Already, but not yet. You know, kind of how does that work? Well, so think about back in Ephesians when Paul said that we are sitting at the, in the heavenlies above the cosmic authorities, that right. we are there with Jesus in those heavens. And yet here we are still in this mundane earth. Yes. What what we have is there is a spiritual reality that mm-hmm. is taking place even though we are not experiencing it in its fullness, in its ultimate realization. And that's exactly where we are when it comes to this issue of being in the heavenly Jerusalem, being in the city of God. We are experiencing that. The kingdom is here. The kingdom has been established. We right now are on Mount Zion, even though you and I are sitting here in Lutz, Florida, thousands and thousands of miles away from the geographical location of Jerusalem and Mount Zion, we are actually right now here in this little room looking at these microphones. Mm -hmm. We are sitting 
in the heavenly Jerusalem. We are sitting on the mountain of God. We are already there, and yet we are not experiencing it in its fullness, in its ultimate realization. We will. That will yeah. that, that phase will take place, but we are already there in the spiritual reality. I wonder if some of that ties the idea of of names or the firstborn registered in heaven. Sure. There's a place for us there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we, in the class, <laughs> in the class on Hebrews a couple of weeks ago, I, I can't remember which, I think it was when we were in Hebrews chapter eight, somebody brought up this already, but not yet concept. And we were talking about the comparison with folks under the old covenant. And here's the difference between them and us. Mm-hmm. We're in the time of already, but not yet. They were in the time of not yet and not yet. <laughs> it was, it was okay. just, it was not yet and not yet. Not yet. Not they, yet. they weren't at the true ultimate co- uh, reality. They were in the sheer copies that we're pointing to, but the reality has now come. We have the substance yeah. Yeah. in Jesus Christ. He is our rest. Mm-hmm. He is our sacrifice. Yeah. He is our priest. priest. And here's what's amazing. He is in the heavenly sanctuary. Mm-hmm. He, with his true sacrifice purified the heavenly temple and right. holy place, which right. is the real rather than the copy that was there mm-hmm. at Mount Zion. He was in that heaven. And what this is pointing out is that we've actually come there. We're at that mountain where that temple is. We are surrounding where Jesus is at the right hand of God, mm-hmm. and we're doing it right now. And what was going to happen is in order to vindicate this, in order to demonstrate it, God was going to shake the earth, and he was going to shake out the things that were not true and real, yeah. like the temple, like the city of Jerusalem, and what is left, the heavenly Jerusalem. And this idea that what we need to do is go back and rebuild the city of Jerusalem, we need to go back and rebuild the building of yeah, the temple. That's all mistaken. No, because that's just reproducing what can be shaken. Yeah, that's right. We have a kingdom that is permanent. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, and I appreciate you walking through that with us. It it reminds me that early on in this book of Hebrews, the writer had said that he wanted to share with us deeper things. Yes. But you weren't ready to handle them yet. <laughs> well, we we got you some know, deep things here. And, and 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 some of these, you know, talking about these spiritual realities and then these fulfillments that surpass uh the the earthly things that could be touched and held on to and all those sorts of things. These these are concepts, you know, that you you got to think about, right? You know, these are deeper things. I do think that ultimately there is the idea though of end time. I I do think that sure. ultimately the the judgment is typical whether we're talking about judgment on Jerusalem or judgment on the world and ultimately all the things that can be shaken are going to be shaken out. This earth is going to go away and so what our author here says is don't refuse the one who is speaking. Yeah. We are we we are in the kingdom, but at the same time we're receiving a kingdom. The already, the not yet. And the constant is this word of God. Yes. Don't turn your back on him. Uh don't, as you said, uh, refuse his word. And and with a a a uh what would you call verse twenty nine? Um a certain exhortation. <laughs> Well, Remember who God is. He is a consuming fire. And we, you know what? And we never really get away from that. How, how, how does God reveal himself to Egypt and the Canaanite peoples? He is the terrible God, right? With the plagues and, and all of that power. Mm. Uh, even in the book of Hebrews, while he is a father, 
well, but he's the father that chastens with scourging, isn't he? Mm. Right? He's, he still doesn't set himself up as grandpa in the, you know, grandpa in the sky, just come and sit on my knee. He is this same living God. It's fearful to fall into the hands of the living God. He is a consuming fire. Mm-hmm. We must always keep the reverence for God. Yes. In this, in these paragraphs, he talks about how the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. We remember at the mm-hmm. beginning of Hebrews 11, Abel as one of those first examples of faith, yeah. he being dead yet speaks. Mm-hmm. Jesus even though he died, has resurrected, and he yet speaks, and his blood speaks, and it speaks a better word. But this doesn't just point us back to the last verse, and it doesn't just point us back to the last chapter. Do you remember how this letter began? Yeah. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke to the fathers through the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us through his Son. Son. Who is the one that is speaking? The Son. God, through the Son, mm-hmm. is speaking. And, and our author is pointing out... Look, if when God spoke at the mountain, right. his judgments took place, right. and remember they did, because he spoke at the mountain and said, you shall have no other gods before me. Moses went up, started receiving the law, and the people went after other gods, and when he came back down, it was judgment. It was. It was judgment on the people. They didn't go into the land. It was judgment on the people. He said, if God, when speaking from earth, if they didn't escape when they denied the covenant, do not think you will escape just because he's speaking from heaven, where Jesus is at the right hand of God, where this is all being revealed. He says, you need to listen to this, because... God, God hasn't changed. He's not gone from being a consuming fire to, to being a, you know... Bucket of water? A bucket of water. <laughs> it's his, here's still the salvation. And he had said earlier in the book, how, if, if people died under the law at the testimony of two or three witnesses, w- w- yeah. what was revealed by angels, right. why do we right. think we'll escape if we neglect the salvation that the Son is communicating? Yeah. He's right back to that point. Do not refuse him who is speaking. Don't reject it. Don't turn away from it. Yeah. Because I tell you you what when it comes time to receive the inheritance if you've rejected it you'll seek it with tears and you're not going to get it yeah that's that's the thing that we have to grasp yeah i think we have to wrap up the week i think you're right about that thanks so much for joining us for text talk this week if you're in the tampa area this weekend come out and worship with us at livingston we'd love to meet you all the information about those services will be found on our website www.christiansmeethere.org let's pray Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for scripture. Help us, Father, to have eyes that see and ears that hear Mm -hmm. and that we will hear the Son. Yes. Father, help us never to close our hearts away in a lack of unbelief, to be distracted away by whatever this world might be offering us, Father, but to remember that there is the kingdom we are receiving. There is the heavenly Jerusalem. And Father, that you are a consuming fire. We are so grateful for your love and your mercy and for Jesus who died for us, but help us never to take that sacrifice lightly or to turn away from him who speaks from Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.